0: Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see here. Today is 16 December, Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the week. And it's a little longer than normal, but we didn't have anybody open us this week. And so I thought I'd add in a seventh page out of my normal six pages. So uh, you get the deluxe edition this week. Anyway, and it might come out the same length anyway, because who knows. But uh, let's see here. Before I start, I have a camo Bandana on, camo meaning uh, camouflage. Obviously, nobody can see me up here with my bright pink camo uh, bandana. That's from some friends that attend on Pal Talk, and they all get together every uh, Sunday night, and they watch the update. And that's Donna, Joanne, Chuck, Kenny, Jim, Leanna, Diane, Louie, Gloria, Rich, and Michael. And they all get together, and uh, they sent me four bandanas here, so I got some for the next month, and they're all camo, so they won't be able to see me for a whole month. But, um then I, I mentioned something two weeks ago. And I, I'm so thankful to people for how they how they respond to things. I, I I'm almost embarrassed about it. I mentioned, I had an article about the guy that does my pillow, right? And he's a Christian, and I said the good things he was doing. And I got somebody an email from somebody who said, we want to send you a couple of my pillows. And they did. Okay. They sent me a couple of them, and I want to thank them very much for that. Mark and Marie Langer. Okay. They just they sent an email and said, We'd like to buy that for you. And then I got another set of my pillows in a box with no name on it now it has to be somebody that knows me personally and watches the update because it came to my home address so if you sent that and you intended for me to know who it was you gotta let me know cause I got no card nothing with it it just came in a box now I have a set for our my wife and I and a set for the guest room in case somebody comes and sleeps they can sleep on a Christian my pillow I wanted to thank them and you know you just open your mouth and say something and there's people out there that are willing to do something nice like that so thank you very much and then we get into our first category every week is Israel. And I got lots of things about this, uh, about what's happened in the state of Israel in the past week. And I had a friend call me and he was, I won't say who he is or what the situation was, but he was in a little bit of distress this week. And he says, you know, I'm just, I'm bummed out. And he admits like I do, when I listen to proxy updates too much, I get a little depressed because it's depressing. You know, there's just, that's why I told him, I Always end the prophecy updates with a joke, with a uh, uh, irony of the week, and that it leaves you on a happy note because there's a lot of depression, and uh, people that watch too many prophecy updates will get that way. And you know there's there's two or three people that are out there that I would recommend, and they say basically the same content as I do, but from a different angle. But even then, you know, you just watch it, and it'll kind of wear you out. Well, when he called. I said, listen, I got something to cheer you up. I'm going to read you. And I never do this. I never tell people my sermons in advance, and I, or I do send them out to people, and I ask them not to read them until Sunday morning when we're giving the sermon. But I also never do anything with the Prophecy Update. That's, that's mine because if I decide I'm not going to put that article in, then, you know, I've told somebody something that isn't going to be in there. But I said, let me read you the first five or six articles that I have on the Prophecy Update this week. And that will cheer you up. And the reason why is because what is happening in the world is centered around what God is going to do with Israel. And so we need to be encouraged, not discouraged, when we see Israel fulfilling Bible prophecy. When we see that even though Israel's not right with the Lord, they are going to have their own tough times, it is an encouragement to us because we know that we are getting to the end of the days. We know that the Lord's return for us is near, and we are not going through that tribulation period. If you're a mid-trib or a post-trib believer, you're believing wrong. That's not what the Bible teaches. Go back and watch my uh, prophecy update that I did on that subject, and you'll understand where you're wrong. We are leaving here before the tribulation period, and he was encouraged when we got done. But here we go. Listen to these articles and see how God is working things out right in our lifetime. From the Times of Israel, Bahrain backs Israel for Hezbollah tunnel-busting operation. You would think that Muslims would be supporting the tunnels that are over there. No, they're actually against Hezbollah on this, and they're supporting Israel. When all of these tunnels have been bored from Lebanon into Israel, they found a fourth one now. They found three in the past week, a fourth one I read this morning. So uh, Bahrain is supporting Israel. Okay, Israel's not right with the Lord. Obviously, they're Muslim. They're not right with the Lord. They're all going through the tribulation period, but that would not happen unless we were getting to the point where Israel was going to be recognized by the world and the things that are prophesied would come about. So here we go. In a surprise move, Bahrain's foreign minister expressed support for Israel's current operation to expose and destroy Hezbollah's cross-border tunnels. From Bloomberg, as the Gulf warms up to Israel, meaning all of the Gulf states, the Gulf Arabs, a synagogue grows in Dubai. For centuries, Jews did business and mixed socially, if warily, with Arab neighbors from Baghdad to Beirut, but most were expelled or emigrated when Israel was founded in 1948. Today, as the region's economy grows and attitudes towards Israel soften, a fledgling Jewish community in Dubai has founded that city's first synagogue. you think it'd be just the opposite. They'd be closing a synagogue and moving to Israel. Instead, they're founding a synagogue. Amazing. From Jerusalem Post, Netanyahu announces Oman, which this is symbolic, but it's still, Oman allowed El Al Airlines to utilize its airspace. Okay? Oman's leader, Kaboos bin Said al-Saeed, has given El Al permission to fly over his country's airspace. Earlier this year, Oman and Saudi Arabia granted Air India, which we talked about, the right to fly over their countries on the way to and from Israel. Saudi Arabia has not yet given similar permission to El Al. And without that permission, the ability to fly over Oman is largely symbolic with little practical significance because they can't really go anywhere if they're going to go. They can fly over to Oman and fly around and fly back to Israel, but that's about it. But this is coming. This is coming that Saudi Arabia is going to agree to this as well. Mark my words on that. But this is a step, and it's also a Muslim nation that was once totally at war with Israel, aligning with them, just the way that Ezekiel 38 said would happen. These Arab states are not going to come against Israel. Well. That's got to happen at some point in history, and it is happening in our lifetime. When Russia, Turkey, Iran, and other countries come against Israel, they're going to say, hey, we're not a part of this. All right? So, uh, next one from the Times of Israel. Prime Minister said seeking to formalize relations with Saudi Arabia before the next election. That's coming up early next year, and he wants to formalize relations with Saudi Arabia before that happens. Prime Minister Netanyahu is seeking to formalize relations with Saudi Arabia and hopes to make ties official and public before the next Israeli general election. The report said the U.S. and Mossad Chief Yossi Cohen were involved in the diplomatic effort, though no further details were provided. I saw another article yesterday where Trump is actually working to get a basically a Camp David shake like we had between Egypt and um, uh, Israel some years ago with the Camp David Accords. He's trying to get that worked out where they can get a shake between uh, the guy in Saudi Arabia, what's his name, Uh, Mohammed bin whatever, and um, Israel to do the same thing, to make more friendly ties between Saudi Arabia and Israel. Maybe I'll talk about that next week. We'll see what kind of uh, news comes out, though. And uh, let's see here. From Haaretz, Israel can now overfly Sudan. Both Netanyahu, who has been courting ex-foes so they can fly over Sudan. All of these things were unheard of and would not even be imagined two years ago. Nobody would have even thought this. Last year, maybe one of these countries, probably not. But this year, it's happening. So we are seeing that... Now, Sudan is obviously not going to be friendly with them during the Gog-Magog war. But for right now, at least these things are being worked out. Okay? I hope this is giving you encouragement. In a world that's full of just brutality when it comes especially towards our current president and how depressing it is, the lies in the mainstream media. We've got things going on in the world which are actually really encouraging. We have from The Guardian, Australia recognizes West Jerusalem as Israel's capital, but holds back on embassy move. It's a good move. They've recognized that West Jerusalem is Israel's capital. They will do some other things, they say, after a peace deal comes into effect. Okay, well, peace deal is going to come into effect. That's in Daniel 9, 24 through 27. We know it's going to happen, all right? And we also know we're going to be out of here before that happens. Now... They will, they say after that they will recognize the Fakistinians and they will move their embassy to Jerusalem and all of these things. But the fact that they have recognized West Jerusalem as the capital of Israel is a huge step because who are they, who is, is Australia close to in the world? Closest country, I'm not the closest, but very close to them in a large country, 190 million Muslims is Indonesia. Right, They have a lot of trading going on with them They've got a lot of stuff going on When I was in Indonesia many times There were always tons of Australians around Well, Indonesia says we're going to cut you off We're going to do this, we're going to do that Just like they did to America When we said we were going to do it What happened when we did it? Nothing All right, we moved the embassy and the world just shut up after it Well, that's what's going to happen with this They're not going to cut ties with Australia But Australia stepped out in order to do this By possibly cutting off their nose It's not going to happen, but they could have All right, They just don't see the world as it is, most of these people. People make alliances and you have to learn to live with them once they're made. You can't cut off your major trading partners just because of something like that. But it's encouraging because we are seeing end times fulfillment right here. From the Times of Israel, Trump praises Israel as your country to American Jews. Listen to this. President Trump told American Jews that his vice president had great affection for your country. He's talking to Jews that live in America that are Americans, right? Insinuating a dual loyalty to Israel. I want to thank Vice President Mike Pence, Trump said at one of two White House Hanukkah parties. A tremendous supporter of yours. And Karen, and they go there and they love your country. They love your country. And they love this country. That's a good combination, right? Right. That, to me, is a real outstanding thing that he did because it's recognizing, yes, they're American citizens, but they have an allegiance to Israel, and they're not denying that. When we speak about Chinese that have moved to America, we say that's your country, right? We acknowledge that. We, we you know They may now be U.S. citizens, but we do say that that is their country, and they have an allegiance to it. Chinese don't stop being Chinese just because they moved to America. I mean, some of them have lived in America for generations, and they don't speak any English at all. Just go up to New York and you'll see that. Or go out to San Francisco. Some of them don't even speak English. So there, there is something to be said about that, but he was willing to acknowledge that openly. And he got barbecued by a bunch of people for it, but good job, President Trump. From the Jerusalem Post, this last article is something that uh, every person I know has emailed this to me, and so every person I know has seen it that watches Prophecy Updates, but there are people that don't watch Prophecy Updates until Sunday, and so... Uh, they, they will get this for the first time maybe but it made most of the news temple ready altar from the Jerusalem post temple ready altars dedicated on the last day of Hanukkah by activist groups this is a temple ready altar in Jerusalem ready for sacrifices when the Jews went back at Nehemiah's time what was the first thing they did They made an altar and they sacrificed to the Lord of Israel. It might not have been the first thing they did, but it's something they did. All right. Anytime we talked about that today, you know, in the, uh, the Christian history, we were talking about the Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated the temple. And what did they have to do? They had to go in and cleanse the temple and they started sacrifices again. Right. The last day of Hanukkah, a new altar fit for temple was dedicated outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. The altar is built out of bricks over a wooden frame, and specifically not of stone, since Jewish law requires that the temple and its various structures not be made out of stone that has been hewn by iron implements. The... Altar itself weighs some four and a half tons, and the ramp another two tons. It was built by the Elkanah settlement in the Western Samaria district by carpenters, bricklayers, and other construction specialists. Okay, that's very interesting. It's very prophetic because this is something that is going to happen. They are going to have a temple built. They're going to have sacrifices there, and we know that it's right in the Bible. Daniel nine one Thessalonians or two Thessalonians chapter two, which we read a little while ago. Okay. The problem with this, one, they're wrong about um, the temple not being made with dressed stones, okay? They said um, uh, specifically not of stone since Jewish law requires that the temple and its various structures not be made out of stone. Okay, that's incorrect. Solomon's temple was made out of dressed stones. What they did, though, is they dressed them out in the the fields or whatever out in the quarries, and then they brought the stones to Jerusalem and set it together. The reason why is it says that no sound of an implement was used during the building of that temple. They did everything out there, and they respectfully built it. The idea of this particular altar, once again, is completely missed by them. Okay, they say they've got a temple-ready altar, which is made for this purpose, but what they've missed is that the earthen altar, which is described in... Exodus chapter 20 right after the giving of the Ten Commandments. It's Exodus 20 verses... Let me see here, 22 through 26. I'll read it. It's very short. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make anything to be with me, gods of silver or gods of gold. You shall not make for yourselves. Here it goes, verse 24. An altar of earth you shall make for me, and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. And if you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stone for if you use your tool on it you have profaned it nor shall you go up by steps to my altar that your nakedness may not be exposed on it okay several things about that first the entire premise of not having it out of hewn stone or using implements on it is because it is a picture of works based salvation who made the stones that are used in that that uh, altar God did. He says, don't use a tool on it, because if you use a tool on it, then you are adding to what I have done. You were to take those, compile them together, make the altar. Go through that sermon. I recommend everybody go back and watch that particular sermon. It's right after our um, Ten Commandments sermons. You'll find that it's called um, the earth and altar, I believe. Go back and watch that, and you will understand all of the significance of that. They have completely missed it, and in fact, it says, what have they done? They've made it out of... Um, a wood frame, and bricks. Well, what are bricks a picture of even back at the Tower of Babel? It's man's efforts. So they're putting man's efforts into these things. They have completely missed the symbolism of what God was trying to tell them. Man makes bricks. God makes the stone. All right, what'd they do with the bricks? They worked them up. Everything they are doing in Israel right now is prophetic, but it is also completely wrong. They do not know their scriptures. They're going by Jewish traditions. They're going by things that are not helpful in their cause at all. They're completely missing this. But secondly, every one of these things, go back and watch that particular sermon on that altar. Every single word of that sermon points to Jesus Christ. Every word of it. Your nakedness may not be seen on it. What is he talking about? It's not talking about their physical nakedness at all. It's talking about the nakedness which occurred at the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3 that is still affecting them to this day because they have not come to Jesus Christ, okay? I'm excited about them having built that altar. I'm excited that they are doing the things they're doing only because it means our redemption is nigh, I'm not excited for them at all. They have completely missed the boat. They have missed Jesus Christ. They've missed all of the symbolism found in Scripture, which points to him. And they're going to go through really bad times because of it. It's heartbreaking. So in one sense, we should be happy about these things. In another sense, we should be mournful over it. And of course, finally, with that altar... They were not allowed to sacrifice on it at all anyway. So somebody, they said you can take a lamb, a leg from a lamb, and bring it out there and burn it on the altar. It wasn't a sacrifice. It was not efficacious. Even the Old Testament sacrifices were not efficacious. They did nothing. The blood of bulls and goats can never take away sin. They only look forward to the coming Christ. They have missed him. Burning a lamb's leg on an altar is good for show, but it does not bring them any closer to their God at all. They need Jesus. We need to pray for them that that will come about. All right, that's the good news from the past week and how our redemption is coming close from Fox News. Fakistinian attacker suspected in West Bank drive-by shooting, seven wounded including a pregnant woman. From the Times of Israel, Jerusalem Hospital delivers baby of pregnant Israeli woman shot in terror attack. This is going on throughout the week. I'm giving you a a snapshot of what has happened. Times of Israel, U.S. slams absolutely disgusting West Bank terror attack. Times of Israel, Hamas praises heroic West Bank shooting attack. Times of Israel, baby dies after emergency delivery following Ofra terror attack. Hospital announces the death. Mother, who was seriously wounded in the shooting at West Bank bus stop, continuing to improve. Aretz Shiva says, Hamas takes credit for murder of unborn child. Well, there you go. This is the state of the world that we're living in. We're living in a society that is peaceful to their neighbors. They don't do anything unless they're attacked. And these filthy neighbors come in and shoot and shoot and they kill. And then when they kill an unborn baby, they celebrate it. And the world sides with them. That's the problem with this world today is it's liberalism, it's globalism, it's all of this, it's turning away from any right morality at all. Very sad. I'm so upset reading that. Times of Israel, two border guards wounded in Old City stabbing attack. This also happened. Times of Israel, two Israelis killed, two seriously wounded in West Bank shooting attack. Times of Israel- Two car ramming attempts reported in West Bank. One suspected attacker is shot dead. So all that in a week, they're just over there doing all of this mayhem. They're causing trouble for the Jewish people, and the world doesn't care. Unless you listen to the Times of Israel, you're probably not going to hear that pretty much anywhere else. From Fox News, this is kind of a sad thing that happened. Secret military bases inadvertently exposed by Russian satellite map company. A Russian map company has inadvertently revealed secret foreign military bases by blurring them out. The reason why it reveals them by blurring them out is because if it's just a photo of Israel or a photo of Turkey, nobody knows what's there. But when somebody blurs them out, they say, oh, we know that that's a classified site. So they actually identified it by trying to hide it. All right. Yandex Maps, Russia's answer to Google Maps, obscured the locations of 300 sites, some of them top-secret nuclear facilities in Israel and Turkey, which means our sites because we are the owners of the nukes. By doing so, the company confirmed their locations as well as their exact size and layout. The buildings include airfields, ports, bunkers, storage sites, bases, barracks, nuclear facilities, and random buildings." So that's sad because we know, having gone through several prophecy updates in the past two months, that Hezbollah has, uh, what do you call it, GPS trackers for their missiles now. they no longer are just arbitrarily lobbing stuff into Israel. They have missiles that can actually hit those things that have now been identified. And so it's very bad for Israel. We will hope that they will be on the ball with their Patriot and um, David Sling and other missile defense systems when these things get shot in. From uh, Christian News Today. Let's see here. Oh, you know what? I got a friend. She's a Christian. She watches the Prophecy Update and she started a barber shop and a beauty shop up in Lancaster, Ohio. And so, if anybody that watches the Prophecy Update is in the area of Lancaster, Ohio, please go to Buddy Joe's Barber and Beauty Shop on 706 East <laughs> Avenue. Okay. And her name is Angela. All right. If you need your nails done, I suppose she does that. If you need a haircut, she'll do that. If you want your beard cut, don't. Okay. But um, these are the kind of things that uh, uh, she does. She's just started it. And she seemed a little concerned in her uh, email. You know, I've got to drive 40 miles. I'm stepping out hoping that this will be work out. And she's wanting to honor the Lord through it. So that's my plug for my friend Angela. And let's do something for her. Heavenly Father. We do pray for Angela's business. It's a tough world. The economy could collapse tomorrow and all of us will be eating rice, but uh, we don't know that. And as long as things are going well, and as long as there are people that have expendable money and they're willing to uh, uh, have their hair cut, we would pray that they would go to Angela's and bless her in her new work. And we would ask that you would just lead her in passive of righteousness for your sake and uh, prosper her in her her, uh, beauty shop. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's see here. We got from Christian News, from CNS, Vatican consultant, Friar James Martin promotes a pro-LGBT rosary. So now you can count the LGBT on your rosary. Jesuit priest who pushes a pro-LGBT agenda in the RCC and who was made a consultant... To the Vatican Secretariat for Communications by Dope Francis is now promoting a rosary that includes a rainbow fifth decade for people to pray for LGBT couples, their children, and extended families. It further calls for praying that gays be fully accepted as truly created in the image of God, a creation that God saw as good. Imagine this. Uh, Friar Martin praised the rosary of modern sorrows in contrast to the traditional sorrows and sufferings of... Of Christ. So he's comparing these LGBT idiots to Christ's suffering. He says, as a beautiful gift that invites one to pray for a variety of people who suffer. Unborn children, I could agree with that. Victims of gun violence, it depends on who the victims are. Refugees and migrants, well, I'm not on that bandwagon at all. Victims of racism, well, that's a part of the world we live in, and we just need to not worry about that in the uh, the context of what they're saying, Okay. I'm going to talk about an issue at the end of the prophecy update, and you know when it comes to a racism, how people feel about these things. I don't care. I'm going to tell you what I look at everybody the same. Acts 17, 26 through 28 says we're all made from one blood. I don't care if you're pink like my bandana. You're a human being, that's it. But, you know, people take things and they twist them. Racism now becomes something that you can have racism against a black person, but you can't against a white and things like that. I'm not praying for that type of thing, even if it was with a rosary, and I'm not a rosary prayer by any stretch of the imagination. There's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus, and I can talk to him anytime I want without beads in my hand. Um, let's see here. LGBT people, once you pray for them. All right, and so on. Okay, so there you go. This guy was appointed by the Pope for, uh, you know, some thing. The Pope ought to pull him out of that, but he's not going to. He's going to allow him to continue. From CNN, court sides with 11 priests in Pennsylvania abuse report and won't release their names. When you're charged with a crime your name gets released. Well, they're not going to do it. I guess the Catholic Church probably paid them something, and these people are just going to hide the names of these pervert priests. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court has ordered that the names of 11 priests accused of sexual abuse in a grand jury report remain permanently redacted. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro had requested the priest names be made public, as they should be. The clergymen are among more than 300 predator priests accused of sexually abusing more than 1,000 child victims. The names of more than 270 priests were made public when the report was released in August. In its opinion released Monday, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said the priest's names should remain redacted to protect their constitutional rights to reputation. Try What about our president? They they are going after every single thing that he has ever done in his whole life and his family and all of his extended family, everybody, and he, gets, he doesn't get this type of treatment. Nobody sides with him on anything, but they can take people that are actually accused of doing real malicious wrongdoing towards children, and they hide their names. Uh, let's see, it goes on. Um, I must have missed, the, must have missed the, uh, the reputation clause in the Constitution. Yeah, the rep- yeah, exactly. That clause isn't in the Constitution. Take care. That's Darla. Her hip is doing better. All She doesn't have an infection or anything. She oh, can only okay. stay for a second. She drops something off, but we're all very thankful about that for Darla. All right, it says... Um, In a dissenting opinion, Chief Justice Thomas Saylor argued for an evidentiary hearing before a supervising judge to determine whether the grand jury record supported the priest's identification. They wouldn't even give him that. So they just said, we're not going to do it. From the Daily Caller, California nuns accused of embezzling as much as $500,000 from Catholic school For gambling. Yeah. Two nuns are accused of embezzling as much as $500,000 from an RCC school for gambling and travel expenses. Well, they needed that travel expenses. St. James Catholic School's former principal, Sister Mary Margaret Kriper, and former teacher, Sister Lana Chang, allegedly stole the money over a period of at least a decade. The $500,000 is the possible amount stolen in the past six years. Now, they've been doing this for a decade, but they can only go back six years. They've got more than a million in their pocket, right? Based on an audit of an account known to Kreiper and Chang. The long-forgotten Church Bank account was opened in 1997, while bank records prior to 2012 do not exist, We do know that they had a pattern of going on trips. We do know they had a pattern of going to casinos, and the reality is they used the account as their personal account. Several parents were upset—oh, no kidding—about the nuns not having charges pressed against the sisters. Some are asking that the money be paid back by the nuns to be used to build facilities and for teacher salary increases that were denied under Kruipers' leadership. Kriper claimed during her tenure the school could not afford building certain facilities or pay raises. Parents claimed Kriper retired at the end of 2017-2018, academic year, after being the principal for about 29 years, while Chang was a teacher for almost 20 years and is now retired. The pair were both asked independently how much they regretted their actions. Both came up with the same answer. None. Okay, that was mine. I added that in. None? None? Okay, never mind. Boy, nobody got that one. Come on, people. From the uh, Christian Post, you know, you want to know people that think way too much of themselves. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to have a thousand people send me angry emails, but there are people out there that think way too much of themselves. I was at 7-Eleven today, and I got $7.77 change. The rapture's going to happen next week. Or I was walking down the road, and I found... 22 cents in change. You know, they, they take things that happen to them and they say the rapture is going to happen because of something that happened to them, as if Jesus is giving them a sign personally about the rapture. I i can't tell you how often I see this. You go to a rapture board website where people post stuff. Oh, the rapture is going to happen on this day because I got this in the mail, or it just, it's all about them, okay? This person obviously thinks way too much about herself. And I'm going to upset some more people by giving the name, and I'm going to do it anyway, because this kind of thinking is illogical. Anne Graham Lotz warns her cancer could be a sign Israel is in danger of a fatal attack. Yeah? And Graham Lotz has suggested there might be deep significance attached to her battle against breast cancer as it could be a warning sign that Israel is in danger of suffering a fatal attack. So it's all about her and her cancer. Lotz reasoned on her website that she has long thought of herself and the modern state of Israel as entwined given that both are 70 years old. They're both born on the same year and so it's all about her. You know what? I know a lot of people. I know one very intimately that was born the same year as Israel became a nation. And I know those people do not say because I had a dog die yesterday. Israel's going to go through a cataclysm, right? It is not about us. The rapture is not about us speculating. It's not about us predicting. It's not about any of those things. The rapture is about Jesus Christ returning when the last Gentile is brought into the church. There is a time when the fullness of the Gentiles is going to happen. It's going to coincide with what's going on in the world with Israel, and it has nothing to do with you or me or any individual on this planet. So do not make the rapture about yourself. That's One, it's taking the eyes off of Jesus and it's putting it on yourself. And two, it is bad, bad theology. It's terrible theology. So my hat is not off to Anne Graham Lotz. All right. Islam today from BLP. Google approves app for Muslims to report people who commit blasphemy. You talk about something scary here. If they start having this in the United States, I can just see where that would go. But this is right now only in Indonesia, but this is bad, bad policy here. A new Android app is launched with the focus of allowing Muslims, of course, to report individuals who commit blasphemy or insult Islam. Now imagine, your neighbor doesn't like you because you cook in the backyard your pork chops, which you're totally allowed to do. And this app gets out and they say, well, I don't like my neighbor and I'm going to charge him with blasphemy and you're going to have a bunch of people over there trying to blow you up because your neighbor doesn't like you and has nothing to do with anything you said about Muhammad or anybody else. Okay, here we go. Uh, The app Smart Pakem, which launched in Indonesia last month at the request of the Indonesian government will allow users and government officials to uphold Sharia law and target and report people who are misguided and have misguided beliefs in violation of Islamic law, which forbids insult of Islam. So you insult Islam, they put you on an app, and somebody comes and whacks you the next day, right? Or against the Prophet Muhammad. I say he was an ugly guy, and he had a wife that's 12 years old, which is true, and guess what? Somebody comes and whacks you the next day. Or the recognition of any other religion besides Islam. So if you're a Christian in Indonesia now, and you say, I'm a Christian, you are recognizing a religion other than Islam, you can come and have somebody whack you the next day. That This is bad, bad policy. Google should be really, really talked down about this. Somebody needs to say, you did the wrong thing with that. Anyway, it goes on. Indonesia's criminal code prohibits blasphemy, which is defined as the act or offense of speaking sacrilegiously about God or sacred things. The code's Article 156A targets those who deliberately in public express feelings of hostility, hatred, or contempt against religion. The penalty for violating Article 156A of Indonesia's criminal code is the maximum of five years imprisonment. It doesn't even have to be true. All they have to do is say it like that lady that was in Pakistan for the past five years under death threat and under sentence of execution because somebody said that she blasphemed the Prophet Muhammad when she didn't. They just brought it against her. Okay, well she got off and now her life is in jeopardy because they want to kill her anyway, right? So this is what's going to happen in the world. This kind of stuff gets beyond Indonesia. From Weasel Zippers. Jihadi work accident. This doesn't break my heart, I'm sorry. 37 Taliban fighters killed by their own car bomb. (laughs) Mail online. Jihadis are plotting a devastating chemical weapons attack in Britain and could launch a chlorine bomb on London Underground, security chiefs warn. Terror chiefs warned that a chemical weapons attack is more likely than not. The assessment follows chatter between ISIS senior figures was intercepted. Okay? They've got these people that want to kill them. They know it. They've got all this chatter going on. And what do they do? They keep bringing them into their country, but they won't let the Christians into their country. It's just, it's national suicide. Germany's been doing it. England's been doing it. America did it for eight years before we got some sense back in the White House. It's absolutely crazy. Okay, Breitbart. Poll shows Democrats vastly favor Muslims over Christians. Surprise anybody here? Yeah, 68% of Democrats say employers should grant a request for prayer space by Muslims, but only 45% say employers should grant a similar request by Christian employees, says a survey by Grinnell College. In contrast to the Dems' 23-point anti-Christian bias, the poll showed only a 10-point gap in response from conservatives. 30% of Republicans say Employers should provide a prayer space for Muslims, Muslim employees, and 40% say employees should support a similar service for Christians. The same poll showed a three-point pro-Christian skew among Donald Trump's voters and a huge 20-point pro-Muslim skew among Hillary Clinton voters. The massive bias among Clinton voters towards Muslims is a huge contrast to Trump's voters' more principled approach to religious requests on business. The poll asked, suppose a group of devout Christians or devout Muslims ask their employer to provide a private space for them to pray together, even if it is a hardship on business, do you think the employer should or should not accommodate the request? I am so glad we got the president we got, because we would have that mentality running our nation right now. Oh boy. From, uh, Daily Wire. Europeans realizing Trump was right about the Iran deal. I said last week they'd probably come to this conclusion after those missiles were shot off by Iran in violation of the treaty. Diplomats from the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, and France expressed their concern because of an Iranian medium-range ballistic missile test. The U.S. government stated that the missile Iran-tested could reach Europe whoops, and the Middle East. According to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, the missile could carry multiple warheads and violated Security Council Resolution 2231, which instructed Iran to refrain from any activity related to ballistic missile design to be capable of delivering nuclear weapons, including launches using such ballistic missile technology. The Security Council resolution was the implementation of the 2015 bad, bad Iran nuclear deal known as the JCPOA. President Trump very smartly walked away from the deal last May, although China, France, Germany, Russia, and the UK stayed with it. But now they're regretting that choice. And then finally from Zero Hedge, still at large, Strasbourg shooting. Y'all heard about the Strasbourg shooting this week, okay? Okay. He's, uh, they finally got him, but this was just a title that includes some pertinent information. Strasbourg shooting suspect convicted 27 times before he, was, he did this. He was convicted 27 times of crimes, and he was yelling, Allah Akbar. And they were wondering at first, is this terrorism or not? And then, of course, they had to admit it when they saw what had happened and they had people actually recording Allah Akbar. So, yeah, it's got to be terrorism. But 27 criminal convictions and the guy was out walking around instead of being deported. That's the world that we're living in here. Okay, from Mongolia. From Lonely Planet, photographer spends 17 years documenting life in Mongolia through all seasons. Award-winning photographer Frederick LaGrange has documented life in Mongolia for the past 17 years through a series of stunning and intimate photographs. His vast archive of images has been turned into a large format photography book that captures the spirit of Mongolia, allowing viewers to explore the vast and rugged country and its people through his careful lens. LaGrange's journey unfolds across the four seasons and pages of the book called Mongolia, which was funded after just five days through a Kickstarter project, more than doubling its original goal. The book was released in November and is available to purchase. So, If you want to go see a bunch of pictures of Mongolia, which you can see online... Buy the book. From Daniel 12, Israel 21. This is the only major article, but it's broken down into four Israel inventions. So I thought I'd read them to you. They're all similar, and then there's one more that I'll add in, just the title at the end. Okay. Four machines about to revolutionize the way we prepare food. First, from Jet Eat. Now, I wouldn't want to eat anything from a company called Jet Eat. You know, it's just, I'm sorry, but here you go. Using individual ingredient cartridges of Plant proteins, fats, and other ingredients, JetEat aims to print fresh vegan meat ready to join the food manufacturing supply chain. Adjusting the fat content and other parameters could yield ersatz, ground, round, roast, stew beef, or steak. Our product has to have a high resemblance to meat in many properties. A steak is basically muscle, fat, and blood in a complex structure that influences mouthfeel and how it cooks. The flavor profile is connected to how the fat is marbled in the muscle and melts when you cook it. We need to emulate the chemical and physical properties and the structure. We've mapped a lot of these elements for our printing process. So Jet Eat, you can print off a steak and you can cook it, and they're working on it right now. Now, having said that, And follow my train of thought all the way through the next five articles or four articles. We got three more and then the title. So we got four more things to go. If you are trying to match steak, what is the wiser choice? Just go out and buy a steak, right? I mean, if you want to eat something that tastes like steak, then you buy a steak, right? If they're trying to make it look exactly like a steak and taste exactly like a steak, then what's the point, right? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 9 that all things are for us to eat. All things. And then the law wasn't, you know, it came into play for Israel, it only applies to Israel. The dietary restrictions only, they didn't apply to anybody else on the planet. The rest of the world could eat whatever they want, okay? The law is now annulled in Christ. It is no longer in effect. If you don't believe me, go check book of Hebrews or Paul in the book of Colossians, the law is nailed to the cross. Christ died on the cross. The law died with Christ. That's a symbolism. Okay. It says three times in Hebrews. It is annulled. It is obsolete. It is set aside. It's done. Okay. We can eat anything we want. If you don't want to eat meat, then why would you make something that tastes like meat? Why would you do it? Okay. Let's go on. Next one. From savor eat. This will be a digital chef platform to print and simultaneously bake, grill, or fry personalized plant-based meat substitute meals using room-temperature ingredient cartridges with a six-month shelf life. The key ingredient in each cartridge is submicron crystalline cellulose, a zero-calorie derivative of plant fiber, the most abundant biomaterial on Earth, as a self-assembling binder in place of starch, egg whites, gluten, or gelatin. The printer and propriety ingredients are patent pending. By controlling the water content in the crystalline cellulose compost via the heat source of the printer, we are able to determine the texture from soft, fat, to fibrous meat, to hard as a bone. Why you you want to make something as hard as a bone to eat? I don't know, but that's what they're doing. The uh, first product likely will be a meatless burger. Once again, what's the point? But... I like my burgers uh, because the system can produce dishes in forms that never existed before. It could be something as unusual as a personalized as a veggie burger with fries in the middle. So you can print off a burger with fries in the middle. Now, okay, that might be something fun, but I could also make a burger and make fries and put the burger around the fries and I'd have the same thing. So why bother? Okay, next one, Genie. Okay, I could eat something called Genie. It'd have to be really tasty, but the Genie countertop smart oven cooks meals and snacks from freeze-dried pods within three minutes with no preservatives, artificial flavorings, colorings, or additives. The food prep system is being scaled for mass production in Israel and will launch in the United States starting at a few places in New York City and branching out later to coffee shops, hotels, and hospitals. The oven and pods will be available via lease or buy plans similar to office coffee machines. Okay, that is almost the replicator on Star Trek there. You got your replicator, you say, I want, uh, you know, whatever, uh, ice cream, and out comes your ice. That's getting close to a replicator. That's Star Trek tech right there, so I like that one. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be a fake burger, okay? Um, let's see here. And then we have Inno Cake. This one is good. I will agree with this one. It's very inventive. In a Cake is a computerized device that turns a plain block of cake into a sculpted replica of whatever image was scanned into it at the start of the process. It is a more accessible way to produce the kind of luxury custom cakes costing tens of thousands and sometimes even millions of dollars. People pay a lot of money for these expensive cakes, right? It would replace the painstaking, time-consuming, and extremely expensive work of Trained pastry chefs with the combination of deep and cutting-edge technologies like a five-axis computerized machining tool. You put in whatever shape you want, put in a, you know, a ship with beautiful sails floating around, and you print it off, and you got a cake there. Voila. I like that. Okay. Last one, just the title, Business Insider. An Israeli startup, they were trying to do all these meat things. Guess what? This week, somebody did it. An Israeli startup with ties to America's most popular hummus brand says it made the world's first lab-grown steak, a holy grail for the industry. So if you want a lab-grown steak, knock yourself out. And you know what the Jews are doing now? Oh, well, if we can have lab-grown steak, then we can have a lab-grown pork chop because it is uh, not grown. It doesn't have divided. So they're getting around the law once again, doing what they shouldn't be doing in order to justify their sinful actions. Come from the law. Come to Christ and be freed from that kind of stuff. I mean, it's that simple. Jesus freed us from the bondage of the law. Okay, Revelation plagues. Generation Xanax. This is a real troubling article here. Doubling in children being treated for addiction. New figures reveal the rise of Generation Xanax with a doubling in young people being treated for addiction to anti-anxiety drugs. The statistics from the Public Health England showed 315 cases in which those under the age of 18... We're treated for problems with benzodiazepines or something like that, a class of drugs used to treat anxiety and insomnia. They include the drug alprazolam, better known as Xanax, where there is a six-fold rise in numbers treated. Last NHS figures suggest one in eight children has a mental health disorder amid warnings of an epidemic of anxiety. Earlier this year, an investigation found pupils as young as 11 were taking anti-anxiety drugs. 11 years old, my kid's a little off, and so I'm going to give him this and just put him in a corner, and I can have my life without him bothering me, right? Um, Let's see here. With 240 ambulance calls out for children who had taken medication like Xanax. What a waste of human life. Wow. From the AP, Ebola spreads to major Congo city as vaccines are a concern. The second-largest Ebola outbreak in history has spread to a major city in eastern Congo, Butembo, with more than one million residents, is now reporting cases of the deadly hemorrhagic fever. That complicates Ebola containment work already challenged by rebel attacks elsewhere that have made tracking the virus almost impossible in some small, isolated villages. New cases are increasing quickly in the eastern suburbs and outlying isolated districts. The outbreak is now second only to the devastating West Africa outbreak that killed more than 11,300 people a few years ago. There are currently 471 Ebola cases, of which 423 are confirmed, including 225 confirmed deaths. That's more than 50%. Really bad stuff. Morality today. Virginia teacher reportedly fired for refusing to use a pronoun for a transgender student. Yes, The West Point School Board in Virginia reportedly decided to terminate one of their teachers because he refused to use the pronouns that a transgender student identified with. Peter Vlaming, who taught French at West Point High School, lost his job after the board made a unanimous 5-0 decision. He reportedly cited his belief as a Christian as the reason why he wouldn't use male pronouns for the student. The student revealed that the situation left him feeling ostracized, feeling it, feeling ostracized. The outlet said, and school officials reportedly backed the pupil. That discrimination then leads to creating a hostile learning environment, and the student expressed that. So they sided with a kid that's already insane and got rid of somebody that's a competent teacher, and also a Christian, by the way, from LSN. Good job, kids. High school students stage walkout. To support teacher fired for refusing to call transgender student right. he. Good job. I'm so glad those kids are willing to do that. They're willing to stand up for their principles, and I would have walked out, and I would have kept on walking. College fix. University of Texas, San Antonio, removes white instructor for telling students to be respectful in class. This is a white. She's got black students in the class, and she said be respectful, and she said a couple other things on par with that. They got rid of her. A white biology student who repeatedly warned her students to behave themselves has been yanked out of the classroom for this semester and required to undergo classroom management training. The University of Texas, San Antonio, cleared Anita Moss of showing racial bias toward a black student who has a history of being disruptive. So this kid is disruptive. She tells this kid to do something and it gets out and they just take everything this teacher has done and said it's bad. You got to go through some type of training. Um, disruptive student who has a history of being disruptive by calling campus police on her. The kid is in class totally unmanageable and a teacher calls campus police on this student. Ruining my class, I need this kid out of here. That's what any normal person would do when they got a disruptive student, right? But a second investigation faulted the senior lecturer for telling students throughout the fall semester to be respectful in class by keeping their feet off chairs, putting away their phones, and not talking. Well, you can't do that as a teacher, apparently, in San Antonio, Texas. Moss even asked one of the students to separate for the rest of the semester as they were causing constant disruptions. They were sitting in the back of the class and they're talking and they're, "Eh, I want you two to separate. Well, you can't do that anymore, right? According to the report by Howard Grimes, intern dean of the College Sciences, that's his take on this, the student for whom Moss called the police on never filed a complaint and has since apologized to the instructor for her behavior. Students called her one of the best instructors they had. The Grimes report found that Moss had no history of classroom mismanagement and qualified as an excellent professor from both internal faculty evaluations and external Rate My Professor student reviews. But you can't tell your students to be quiet in class without going to some type of a class yourself. But, well, other category. BBC. U.S.-Russian spat over bombers landing in Venezuela. I don't know if you heard about this, but it's very serious. He did. Okay, and uh, we have good news coming after this article, but I'm still going to read it. Russian and U.S. officials have been involved in a spat of the landing in Venezuela of two Russian bombers capable of carrying nuclear weapons. The two Tu-160 bombers landed in Venezuela in a show of support for the government of Socialist President Maduro. U.S. Secretary of State Pompeo said it amounted to two corrupt governments squandering public funds. Sounds good to me. The Russians called his words completely inappropriate. Venezuela and Russia have long been close allies. The latest visit comes just days after President Maduro met Russian President Vladimir Putin in Moscow. Venezuelan Defense Minister Vladimir Padrino said they were part of Air Force exercises with its Russian allies. Yeah, This we are going to do with our friends because we who defend respectful, balanced relations. We are preparing to defend Venezuela to the last inch when necessary. President Maduro said that there was an attempt underway, directly coordinated from the White House, to disturb democratic life in Venezuela and to try to launch a coup d'etat against the constitutional democratic and free government of our country, which is not true, but he has backed out completely from that instead of taking a hard stand because he wants them to fall on their own. That's what Trump's policy has been. Okay, from Zero Hedge, Russia to withdraw bombers from Venezuela after White House pressure. Good job, White House. From Newsweek, Russia military planes arrive in Venezuela. Iran's warships may follow to support U.S. foe. So they have committed Russia this act by flying these nuclear-capable bombers in, and then they leave, and what happens next, Iran says we're going to bring our ships into the area. That's two of the players in Gog Magog. Guess what? Breitbart, Turkey's... Erdogan to cover most of Venezuela's necessities, including a mosque. That's a third player from Gog Magog down in Venezuela. You don't think the world is aligning in a certain way right before your eyes? Here it is. Turkish President Erdogan proclaimed that his government would cover most of Venezuela's necessities economically during remarks in the Latin American country. Erdogan made the remarks after signing a series of agreements with Venezuelan dictator Nicolas Maduro that includes Turkish investments in Venezuela's oil and mining industries. Can I help you, ma'am? That's my mom. Coming in late. Erdogan and Maduro have been increasingly close in the past two years as Russia and China... Once the Latin American nation's most reliable benefactors began to withdraw from the country as its slow economic collapse began endangering their investments there. Maduro announced that Erdogan had expressed particular interest in Venezuela's mining industries, including gold. The Venezuelan socialist regime has launched a campaign to attract foreign investment to extract its vast gold resources as a way to offset the prodigious losses from its once dominant oil industry. Venezuela is home to the world's largest known oil reserves. Under Maduro, oil production in the country has entered a state of freefall following the widespread nationalization of extraction and refineries. He has ruined that country through socialism, I and mean, we got people up in Washington, D.C., right now about to be inaugurated into this Congress that want that same thing for our country. And we got lunatics all over this nation that support that type of philosophy. From the Hill, France urges Trump to not interfere in its politics. Leave our nation be, they say. Now, think of this. They're calling themselves, by saying that, what do? They, what are they calling themselves? A sovereign nation, right? Let me read that again and think about the rest of the world and where we're heading and what they tell us we have to do with our borders, we have to do with our immigrants, what we have to do with our currency, what we have to do with our oil, with everything. Think again after you listen to this. France urges Trump not to interfere in its politics. Leave our nation be. So they're claiming they're a sovereign country, Right? And they're telling us that we have to let people in through our border. Every nation on the planet other than Israel is telling us this. We're a sovereign nation. We have a right to defend ourselves, our borders, our policies, everything that we believe in. When we elect a president that is not a globalist, we have a right to that position. And they're telling our president to let our nation be. What he ought to do is send him a note and say, I'm sorry, you're not a nation. Open your borders and everything you're doing, you have to just continue on in some other way than that. Okay? It says, French Foreign Minister Le Drian urged President Trump to stop interfering in France's affairs after Trump made various claims about why protests were taking place in the country. We do not take domestic American politics into account, and we want that to be reciprocated. I say this to Donald Trump, and the French president says it too. Leave our nation be. How dare they claim that they're a sovereign nation? Mail online. Global warming is causing more snow. Global warming is causing more snow to fall on Antarctica and has slowed rising sea levels by a third. Yes, global warming is causing this. Sea levels are rising at different rates in locations around the world. Now tell me, how is that possible if water finds its own level? If you take a cup and you pour it out on that table, what's it gonna do? It's gonna find its own level. If you pour water into a cup, it's gonna come up to the top. If you tilt the cup, the water slides out because water seeks its own level. How can water be finding different levels at different parts of this planet? I don't care if it's flat Earth or if it's global Earth. Whatever you believe, it is always going to find its own level, right? It can't be that the world is growing water in one place and going down in another or anything like that. Now, I will say this, just so you understand, hydraulics when they put in the canal that goes between um, the Pacific and the Atlantic, it's called the Panama. Panama, thank you, the Panama Canal, all right? Do you know that the water in the Pacific is higher than in the Atlantic? And so they had to build the thing so that it would go downhill this way. And they could use that to their advantage. But the water is seeking its own level all the time, all right? Just because it's higher here and it's not higher here does not mean that it's going to get higher here and continue to get lower here. It doesn't work that way, okay? And if you believe in flat disk earth, it's all going to be running off the side anyway, so it doesn't make any difference. Okay, yeah. It's the procession of the tides that change. The procession of the tides that change. Do you know? I read an article this morning about global warming, and they said that it's rising seven to eight feet in some parts of the earth, right? I have lived in the house that I've lived in, or, or in the area that I've lived in, my whole life. My grandfather moved there 70 years ago when nobody lived on that island. Okay, do you know how much the water has risen in the past 70 years? Zero. Zero. That's my mom that said that. She knows, too. Zero. It's not going up. This is the biggest lie on the face of the planet. All right. Mail online again. Fury, as defeated Wisconsin GOP Governor Scott Walker, I just love what they did, signs Lame Duck Bill, stripping his Democratic successor of string of powers. I just love that, because that's the kind of thing Democrats have done to us for eons and eons. And we've always just caved on it. Oh, we let them do it, but we never reciprocate. He's taking away all of the powers of this incoming Democrat, so he can't ruin that state. Scott Walker lost his bid for a third term in Wisconsin's governor's mansion in November and leaves his office in January. He's being succeeded by Democrat Tony Evers, while the attorney general, who plays crucial role in drawing the electoral map, is also going to be a Democrat. Republican legislature passed a package of legislation which restricts early voting and weakens incoming Democrat governor and attorney general. Measures block Evers from withdrawing Wisconsin from a multi-state lawsuit challenging the Affordable Care Act, one of his central campaign promises. I promise I'm going to keep the ACA so you can have Obamacare for the rest of forever. Ain't going to happen now. They are going to stay in that lawsuit. And they can't undo it because they have enough Republicans where it can't be overturned. Good job, Republicans, using your, your brains for once. Okay, Mail Online. I said I was going to bring up a racial issue at the end of the Prophecy Update today. We talked about race earlier and how people are accused falsely and blah, 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 blah. There are a couple of real heroes in my book for World War II. All right, one of them is the Navajo Code Talkers. Those people saved our war in the Far East. Okay, the Navajo code talkers are almost all gone. A second group of them are the Nisei Americans. The Americans that were Japanese-born, put into concentration camps, and they served our nation. They volunteered from concentration camps that we put them in to go to the war in Europe. They were not allowed to fight in the the Pacific, but they went over there. I think it was the 406 Battalion. I may be wrong on that. They were the most decorated unit in World War II. Okay? Those people went over there, and they served, and they served better than anybody else because they knew that their heritage was on the line. Watch those stories about those two groups of people, and there's a third that are my heroes, and we've lost another one of them today, or this week. 100-year-old man who served in black Military pilot squadron, the Tuskegee Airmen, is found dead in his home in Harlem. Wilfred DeFore was a member of the Tuskegee Airmen. He lived in a country that he would not be allowed to eat with people. When my uncle got off the train from Philadelphia, he moved down here with the rest of my family in 1952 or three, he got off the train and he almost threw up. He said, they had fountains that said whites only and blacks only, right at the train station in Sarasota, Florida. He said, I couldn't believe it. His great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, was the last station on the Underground Railroad. They have a monument to him up there. Guess what? The person that he brought through his home, uh, what's her name? The the black lady that brought Tubman, uh, was it? No, no. uh, um, the, The black lady that did all of the people, the Underground Railroad. It's escaping me right now. They gave her a bigger uh, statue than him in the same place, but that's okay. They're both recognized there. He was the last station. He brought her there. He gave her shoes. She'd go back down and get more slaves and bring them through, okay? But this guy here was a part of a group of people that uh, didn't have any rights hardly at all in this nation, and they went and they served just like the Japanese, the Nisei Americans. They served with honor. They served well, okay? Okay because they knew that it would make a difference for their posterity if they did this. Wilfred Defor was a member of the Tuskegee Airmen, an all-black group of World War II pilots. He joined the Air Corps in 1942 and worked in an Italian airfield. He was discharged in 1945 and worked for the New York Postal Office for 33 years. Last month, just before dying, he was honored when a post office in Harlem renamed the Tuskegee Airmen Post Office Building. So my salute is off to him and his family at their loss. I got a last for you. We'll see if you can figure out which one we're dealing with. It is easy to double your fun when you bet on a pair of the nun. Blab it and grab it should not be the habit, right, of two sisters from jobs on the run. Good job. And I got an irony. I got two of them for you here. These are called liberal nightmare. Mail online, boy 13 is pictured cleaning toilets inside the stadium where UNICEF's World Children's Day celebrations were taking place. So they're in there talking about how we got to protect the children from being labor, you know, forced and all. And they got one 13 years old and they're cleaning their toilets. Liberal nightmare. And then mail online, author's anger after his book about reducing plastic is sent out shrink-wrapped in... Plastic, yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.